If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. And welcome to the Three Red Lights Podcast. This nice. is episode 139. Uh, okay. Just Congra- thought I'd let you know. Oh, I'm your host, Eric Rudvig. Of course, we have the very tall Charles Onyet. Well, thank you, Eric. That was very kind of you. Yeah. We have, making his Three Red Lights debut, It's true. Anthony Gallegos. Hello, hello. Hello, And everyone. you will know him by his laugh. Dave Clayman is here again. Hello. I'm not going to laugh. Yeah, right. Except explicitly. That's right. We are explicit. This is our third podcast back from being explicit, and this is the second week in a row that we are recording. Which I don't think that has happened in about six months. This is unprecedented. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I think this is actually the last podcast that we're recording in our Brisbane uh, office in California, I believe. This is is the end. Coming straight to you from gorgeous downtown Brisbane, home of Subway sandwiches and nothing else. (laughs) That's not true. There's a place next to the subway. Oh, yeah. The hill that burnt down. That's true. There, yeah. there was a hill that caught on fire at one point, and everyone had to leave the office because there was horrible smoke inhalation. That happening. was quite honestly the most exciting thing that has ever happened in Brisbane <laughs> is that it lit on fire. Yeah. <laughs> it was arson, too, I think. I believe. Was it? Oh, yeah, I believe it was. Somebody set off fireworks or something. Because there's nothing to do here. Yeah. He was like, nothing to do and nowhere to go. Yeah, I probably didn't want to bring out that I was doing that on my lunch break. but <laughs> Roman candles off the parking garage. Oh, well. Everyone was like, where's Charles? He just wandered off towards that hill. And, and Charles just, just staring, sitting sparklers. Yeah, he's just staring like really blankly out over a field that's just burning. <laughs> yeah. Charles usually would stare at the highway and smoke cigarettes for an hour every day. <laughs> so? Is, don't people do that? <laughs> <laughs> Drink a Bud Light 40 and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> Stare at oncoming traffic. I thought that's sort of what happened. Around well, I'm ready to go back to work. <laughs> uh, I heard uh, from the many approving emails that uh, Arthur was on the podcast last time. Yeah, he got a massively positive response. I mean, usually we just get emails filled with curse words and, <laughs> and you know, random association. But uh, we got about... Random swears. Yeah. Well, we got about a couple dozen very positive emails about Arthur. I think it's because Arthur and I roll with the posse. 
Nah, I just mean that we have our own podcast, and so those kids, like, we tell them and... Oh, okay. Well, it, it could also be cut, might be because this podcast is generally a train wreck, and oh, come on, <laughs> we, don't really, think, we don't really talk about that, anything on here. That cannot, to, to, to call it a train wreck would imply that it ever had momentum. Oh, that's true. That, that would imply previous direction. That, yeah. No, no, that's totally not true. The, the, the people I've talked to that listen to podcasts repeatedly say that this is one of their favorites here. Why? From IGN. I have no. I don't know, but I'm saying it is. That makes me. People are crazy. Charles, do we have an agenda this week? Uh, I wrote, Okay, so as I was walking over and grabbed the aforementioned ginger ale, I wrote three things down uh, what, on a piece what, of paper. What kind of ginger ale? It was Canada Dry. Yeah, that's right. What? Canada. What? It's the, it's the greatest. <laughs> is it actually made in Canada, or is it bottled here in America, and they just call it Canada Dry? It's pro- I, I actually don't know, but it's probably the second thing. Why do they call it Canada Dry? It's not very dry. <laughs> What's the deal with ginger ale? <laughs> you mean airplane food? Um, but I, I did write down uh, Supreme Commander um, because I reviewed that on 360 recently. And you gave it a positive review. I did give it a positive review. Two, right? Yes, I the second one. Yes, I should point that out because yeah. the first, the first Supreme, whoops, the first Supreme Commander was I thought it was a great game on PC. Um, and then the 360 version came out like a little while afterward. It, there was a good about six months. I was think. it a couple months? Yeah, there was, yeah, okay. there was a good amount of time. So it was much more they of were a delay. Optimizing it. To suck. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there you go. Now, I I don't even have to say what what anyone thought of it, because, yeah, it was was pretty bad. I reviewed that one, and, uh, yeah, it was bad. It, It hardly ran. Yeah, it, it didn't really run properly. Like, the, the command ring structure... Did not work very well. Yeah, like, if you're playing a real-time strategy game on, on a console, then generally you have to bring up a ring at some point on screen if you want to select any of the options. And, yeah, it was just... It was, like, it was an enormous command ring, mm-hmm. and it was just really complicated to... Net, like, well, you could learn it, but it just... I don't know. It just felt yeah. like it took too much effort to actually get through. Especially um, since the game didn't really work. Yes, and also the game barely ran in... Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But not so with Supreme Commander. 2. No, the second one is it's less complex than the first game for sure. But like the interface is actually kind of Halo Wars ish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. Which I know we all played way too yeah. much. It's really. Yeah. yeah. You guys, uh, really? You're talking yeah. to yeah. Uh, the the Halo Wars. I mean, I wrote a, I, that <laughs> was actually one the last guide I ever wrote. Uh, <laughs> Did you what, know how sexy what, Professor Anders was? But, but, I, yeah. but I was not a big... Was one of your tips play as Anders because she is hot? Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm perfectly okay with talking about hot video game characters. I, I, I'm not above that. I'm not, only Anders. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, what what didn't you like about, about Halo Wars? Because we seriously play, we played the game for probably about eight. I just felt like you could pretty much beat every level by figuring out what the uh, win unit was. The like, campaign, the single player. Yeah, the single yeah. Okay, campaign... Okay. I didn't really enjoy. It. I liked the the awesome cutscenes in between everything. Those all were those were awesome, fantastic. I don't know who that, that. I don't think that was done in house by them. I think that's like a third party studio. Yeah, I think they, so too. That studio was incredible. Yeah, that was. But yeah, I didn't really care too much for the campaign. I made it through it, which is more than I can say about most RTSs. Like, you know, Supreme Commander's com- campaign is flat out awful. Okay, and Supreme Commander 2's campaign is also not so great because it's one of those. It just it turns into sort of. You know, you, you start out and they're like, okay, go kill, you know, so-and-so. And it's just like pattern recognition and like very mild puzzle solving. So if you just sort of sit there and turtle and build stuff up, you'll just kind of get attacked by like patterned waves of enemies. And it's just eventually you're just like, okay, it's well, this, drab, is, this yeah. is boring. It's not dynamic enough. It's just, it gets, it. you learn the pattern and then it's like, all right, well, I'm not having fun anymore. Hmm. Um, 
And the story and, and the characters are, are not good. <laughs> <laughs> I did look over your shoulder at one point and laugh hysterically. Yeah, the dialogue is... is I'm Johnny Space Boots. Yeah, I'm exactly. I'm the planet. <laughs> yeah, like the, ma- the main character on the, in the UA- UEF side, which is the, the like main human faction, I guess... Um, it, it looks like a banker, and it's just like this is not like this is not like a war hero from Boston. Yes, from Boston. Is his name Maverick Sword Edge or whatever? What is that? It's not name Edge from? Maverick from Edge Star Ma- Ocean Four. No. <laughs> oh, God. Not quite the greatest protagonist name of all time. But yeah, I mean the the single cam- or player campaign I did not think was all that great. But like if you play online, and like the online suite's a little limited, but it's still a really cool game to to play online. Like there's a lot of depth there. And it definitely has, like, a learning curve. So, I mean, if you're going into it, like, thinking, oh, I'm just going to pick up and play. Because, like, Halo Wars was, like, pretty easy to get into. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, it took a while to understand all the, like, progression order and build order and stuff. But, like, it, w- it was pretty uh, apparent, like, how you're supposed to control everything. Because Frame Commander definitely takes a little while longer. Mm-hmm. It's it's more of a hardcore game. But, uh, I don't know. It's there are a cool. lot of hardcore games this month. Yeah, I was, I was uh, thinking of putting together that feature. Yeah, Dave was uh, talking about putting together a feature about how how uh, there are so many hardcore games out this month, and uh, we got, we got casual it. gamers can go fuck themselves, basically. <laughs> oh, I just thought that of something else to write down. That was my strap line. Cause there, I know Charles is writing down Metro 2033 right now. No, I already wrote that down, actually. Oh, yeah. That was, that was the second thing I wrote on down. So that I was another, that was another super hardcore game. And then I just posted my review of um, Resonance of Fate, which is a super hardcore JRPG. Like, if you're not hardcore into them, don't even bother going after that one. Hmm. Or even watching it. I think Because you'll just be confused, yeah. Certain people would argue, though, that Supreme Commander is is uh, two. It specifically is not hardcore at all. Oh, and yeah. That, and that it's been super dumbed down. And oh, yes. now it's just been consolized, as people would say. Yeah, if, uh, if you were a... If somebody was a huge fan of Supreme Commander 1 on PC and played that a lot, and then came into 2, it is not even close to as complicated as the first one. Right. The second... It's way smaller scope. and mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the maps have been made smaller. Like, things like... If you want to get into, like, adjacency bonuses for buildings, where you actually had to, like, consider where you were placing your structures in your base... I don't really want to get into that, no. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was sort of like... <laughs> Does it, do they still use the, the uh, strategic zoom? Yeah, the strategic zoom's still in there. Because that has, has got to become a staple for console games. Because being able to just zoom all the way out and zoom all the way back in anywhere on the map is just so much better than all this crap. Hold down the left trigger to scroll twice as fast. You're right. Like, yeah. you're like dude, yeah. I don't want to do that. Right. Yeah. Being able to jump to stuff instantly uh, is really helpful. But yeah, the strategic zoom stuff, when especially on larger maps, and because you can have like hundreds of units on screen mm, right. at, at any one time in that game. So being able to like pull back, go to your base, queue up some build orders or whatever, and you can set everything to like repeat build, so you don't have to keep saying build stuff. So you can just sort of let it go. And then go back to the battlefield and like manage your troops and and stuff like that. So it's not a real hardcore game like CNC four. Uh, <laughs> well, CNC four <laughs> is a totally different story. But that, yeah, that's PC only. So, so people we're... people are really angry. <laughs> people are much more angry about what happened between CNC yes. three and CNC four than they are between what happened with Supreme Commander one and Supreme Commander two. I think we're about ten minutes into this podcast. Yeah. I think the majority of the people listening right now have probably shot themselves in the face. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. Let's just talk about build orders for a little bit <laughs> I, li- I like playing, like, real-time strategy games. This I know, is I know not it's... the no, norm I'm talking about. <laughs> I, also, I also... I do as well, man. Okay. I, I, would, I would sit there and wax poetic with you for hours about it. Yeah. TRL, 10 minutes of hardcore gameplay mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> we must be moving. Yeah, also, the podcast room is, like... 
semi-darkened right now and has kind of a dungeon-like feel to it, I think. It's yeah. like, it's high-contrast lighting, like you'd see if the killer was going to, like, approach someone in a horror film. Yeah, it's kind of looking not so good in here. <laughs> not like it ever really looked good in this room. Nah. This, is, this is a broom closet. Still got it never it really was intended to be a podcast room. This is a closet. Yeah, We're sitting a- in a closet talking to each other about build orders right now. My favorite part, though... <laughs> <laughs> Man, you just made that ten times more depressing than it needed to be. I had, I had, most people are probably in a broom closet listening to us talk about it. And you're going to go home, and you're going to be alone tonight. And nobody loves you, Charles. I'm going to stare at my tech tree, and then I'm going to go to bed. And then you're going to walk outside and watch the cars on the highway and, and then, smoke a cigarette. And then, yeah, the, an, hour, an hour before bed, I'm going to go look at the traffic on an empty street. <laughs> While drinking a low-quality beer. And go stand in the San Francisco fog and I'm just gonna, sigh. I'm going to go drink a, a, Bud, a Bud Light golden wheat and think it's fancy. <laughs> At least it won't be a Bud Light lime. No, that's the worst mm. Or a Bud Light Clamato. Oh, oh, yeah, we should never oh, bring that up. Oh, that's oh. disgusting. That's explicit. That is explicit. I, yeah. I almost vomited all over myself when I tried that. And yeah, I tried it. <laughs> I made my own. <laughs> oh, homemade clam- what is it? It's like clamato and Bud Light. It's isn't clam it? juice, tomato, clam juice, clam juice, tomato you, juice, and Bud Light. You, you drop get- some Mountain Dew in there. First, you oh. want to age the. First, you want to age a clam. All right, just put it on top of your fridge and leave it there for a age week. A clam. Then you, then you want to wring it out into a nice warm Bud Light. <laughs> And then you just, then just mix it. in some V8. <laughs> then, just, then just you mix it in your mouth though. You pour, you open your mouth, <laughs> you pour in some V8. Then you pour in the clam, and then you just shake your mouth around. <laughs> and you, then you dunk your head in a bucket of Bud Light. <laughs> and then you exchange it with a friend like a baby bird a few times. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. I mean, that, that man, was... this podcast did get explicit. Way too explicit. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no! I, I like it. You guys, you guys are cut from the same cloth as me. There's a line, and you step across it, and then you take like two steps farther yeah. than that. You step across the line, and you shoot yourself. <laughs> My favorite part about this absolutely piece of crap podcast <laughs> is, first of all, that it's an electrical disaster. Like we could all go up in flames at any second now. Second of all, the one of the soundboards is re- has been resting on a piece of styrofoam. Piece of styrofoam forever, for no reason. I just found this on the ground. That's so, a microphone and a headset and a few wires just lying in the corner. And then we got Robo Sound Barrier over here. Yeah. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. That it has its charms. I think it's it's a lot more charming. I, I've recorded in real like studios where it's like foamed on the walls and everything. And I don't know. That place didn't have half the personalities this room. This, this, this well, place. for a while we had a webcam taped to the wall over there. Yeah, I remember that. What was the point of that? Where you guys actually? <laughs> I don't know. No, I think it recorded. It recorded a few podcasts that that went up on on IGN, but uh, okay. I don't. After I, that, the that, cord just went out the door. Yeah, that stopped. That stopped <laughs> happening very quickly. That was that was very short lived. Okay. Anyway, well, the real the real question is when we move, mm-hmm. whether the quality of the podcast will be improved by our relocation to downtown. San Who knows? Francisco. We could have a whole different outlook on life. It might be much more urban. There won't be any yeah. highways for Charles to stare at it during lunch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just going to be crowded. We'll streets. be around yeah. other people, so yeah, it'll probably be really urban. Everybody will be happy. Yeah, we'll probably get – we'll thug this podcast I mean, out a yeah, little bit. Yeah, we'll have to all get like uh, like net, neck tats and stuff, mm-hmm. like big yeah. time. I got mine scheduled. Okay. Probably you got that pencil Monday in? Monday morning, yeah. Okay, face I'm gonna tats. A, I'm going to get a row of miners, uh, a band of miners, and they're going to be digging and flipping pancakes over their shoulder into minecarts. Just right. I'm just going to go kill someone so I can get a tear. 
No, seriously, though, where, the, where, where did that just come from? <laughs> <laughs> that was way too detailed and specific. I, I planned it at lunch. I already told Charles about it. Oh, God. Sure, I heard about the pancake miners. I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> okay. That would be a great mine to go into. I told Charles he should shave the back of his head and tattoo his own face on the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> that would just be really confusing. You should get two boobs on your butt. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can moon someone and flash them at the same time. I want to get a tattoo of boobs on my butt. <laughs> I always wanted to get a tattoo. If I was thinking stupid tattoos, is like a little Chewbacca that goes from like the top of my breastbone onto my thighs and where my dong is actually his dong. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, the Chewbacca has a huge dong. Yeah. <laughs> I told I told a uh, close personal acquaintance with red hair that I was going to get her face tattooed on my chest and dye, and dye my chest hair red. So I'd be, I'd be a fro. Worst ideas ever. <laughs> so don't, take, don't take these ideas. These are all ideas. <laughs> so basically, this is going to happen in two weeks. Yep. <laughs> this is what happens when we oh, move man. downtown. Do we have anything else on the agenda? Uh, well, yeah, there was Metro, although I haven't really played much of that yet. Um, uh, I beat it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I, I thought it looked really cool. I mean, I only was in, like, the opening sections and stuff. Yeah, the opening section is the coolest part. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I don't think it's bad. I think that, like, uh, Clemency gave it, like, a perfectly reasonable score. Um and for, uh, he was in the, the high sixes. Yeah, you know it's it's not like a it's not a bad game. It's not even like a mediocre game. It's like it's like, but it's not great. You mm-hmm. know, it's just kind of it's it's all right. Okay. It's like an all right game. Well, That's yeah. Crazy. I mean, what did what did you play Stalker a lot or? Uh, I played Stalker one until I got tired of it. But part okay. of the reason I didn't like Stalker was that it was so open. Okay. Like, the, and I that's that's weird, right? Because I like Oblivion, and that's totally open. But in Oblivion, you're always running into like quests and stuff. And in Stalker, it's it's really more just like. You're just kind of exploring for the sake of exploring, and I, I really need to be driven by like goal to goal to goal. And in in the Metro, it's very linear, which I liked. I do like that. I like that they have a story to tell. I just felt like the story wasn't told particularly well, and that I felt like so much of the game was obviously just came across like it was made for people that had read the book to be like, oh, that's the part from the book, rather than like, right. oh, this makes sense if you on the, on haven't the, read the book. On the point of open world, it's kind of like our office moving, you know? Like, I'd love to have an open world adventure in downtown <clears throat> San Francisco. If I had an open world adventure in Brisbane, I would just do the same thing I do every day, because... Go sucked. buy an ice cream Snickers bar? Yeah, I'd go buy an ice cream Snickers bar and come back to the office and stare at traffic while smoking a cigarette, you know? <laughs> but yeah, it, and it, another big part of it that bothered the crap out of me was, like, uh, the early builds that I played for, like, previews and stuff, uh, they did a really... Well, I, I don't know, it wasn't quite balanced right, but they made bullets and gas masks and all that so much more precious. And in the final build, it was like bullets were so plentiful. Oh, so they and tweaked it from being yeah, like yeah, ultra they, they, rare? They, to... He actually, the guy at THQ emailed me to let me know that the build I had wasn't, was actually the stripped version and that they were actually implementing. And it's true when I got the, the final build in the retail, it's, it's like full of ammo, full of masks. You never, I've never once ran out of gas mask, like while I was out and there was never like really the threat of doing so, right. which is always something they were early on trying to get across. You know, or that you might have to shoot because uh, you have, like, military-grade bullets that are also your currency. And they're like, if you have to, you can shoot those, but you don't want it because it's your money. And, like, there was never once in the final build that I was like, oh, i got to shoot my, my military-grade bullets. So it's um, actually not as hardcore as it would seem. It's it's a little more forgiving. I, I, I actually think that they dumbed it down after they had an event here in the city for it. Oh, and like, everyone, and was, all, like, everyone was like, there's no bullets here. And so they're like, all right, add some bullets. <laughs> so... 
All right, you can have your stupid bullets. Yeah. <laughs> Got socket games. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess maybe there's that part of me that wanted to be even more hardcore, like that part of me that likes those like Eastern European developers and all those hardcore games that are like, yeah, no tutorial. Fuck you guys. Right. Good luck. <laughs> you know? It's a fun, we don't fun care line, anymore. Though. Like Fallout did it pretty well. You know, yeah. You didn't feel like you were loaded with stuff, but you never felt until like the end. Yeah. 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 Until the end. But you, you also, you know, they were, you were never, you know, had nothing. You always right. had something. It takes a lot of balance, I think. Not everybody can do it. Right. I mean, this is their first game as a studio. I mean, they've guys have worked on other things. There were some stalker guys on the team and whatnot, but it is still their first game. But as a proof of concept for how badass their custom-made engine is, it's pretty impressive. I mean, it's a technical thing. The lighting looked really cool. Yeah, yeah. On, a, on a really great PC, it'll crush your PC, first of all, even if you have a great one. But on a really great PC, that engine can do some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. So. Also, I like scary games. So, so do I. So it had more rats. It had what now? Mole rats. Mole rats. Mole. 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 Oh, mole rats. rats. Yeah. I was like, what? Rowans of unusual sizes. Yeah, mole rats. Like that, mole rats. that enemy is on the escalator again. Cherche la femme. Mole rats, the video game. She's would fucking be dead. Terrible. You don't understand, T.S. When she was in grammar school, she had this huge fat ass. <laughs> Man. Uh, greatest movie to quote ever. They, sh- they should make. A Mall Rats adventure game. They should make a Mall Rats adventure game. Well, what would you do? You Actually, just stand yeah. around? Nothing. No, nothing. Exactly. You don't do anything. <laughs> so you hang out at the mall. Would you eat chocolate covered pretzels at one point? It would yeah. look really uncomfortable. And then yeah. you'd have to and run to the And there'd be like the hand icon that would be like hand to ass, and you'd be like, ah, stink pump prepared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be like a point and click adventure. So you have You're to combining like, click inventory on it. Yeah. You have to like click on his ass to combine it with the, yeah, exactly, the, with the, the hand. pretzels and then yeah. the shake. And there'd be like questions like, is Cookie Stand part of the food court? And they'd be like, no, Cookie Stand is an autonomous unit for mid-mall snacking. <laughs> Correct. Advance. <laughs> it'd be an old text adventure. <laughs> God. Sneakity, sneakity, represent. <laughs> Go to food court. Where's the cookie stand? <laughs> uh, you could go to a really uncomfortable place, like the back of a Volkswagen. <laughs> this game is practically made for you. Somebody run with this idea. Uh, is, is that it for our agenda? Are we really... Well, I was going to bring bone up... Bone dry, huh? This is why we only I, do this wrote, like once a month. I wrote JC2 on here, but I haven't, I haven't really played that. I played like the first five minutes. That's what yeah, I was going to bring up. Just Cause Cause like it Christ seems too. like it has a lot of potential to be like way awesome and like totally out of nowhere for a lot of people. Like I think a lot of people it's been off their radar. But it seems or yeah. Canada bone dry. <laughs> what is that? Sorry, I wanted to get that in there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean the five minutes later, <laughs> uh, Canada. Hey guys, 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 Canada bone dry. <laughs> uh, I watched Clements play a lot of that. It's another one like Supreme Commander though, where this one works. So hell yeah. As opposed yeah, to the first one, it, it, to me it looks like yeah. uh, what. What like what everyone wanted Mercenaries Two to be yeah. like, mm-hmm. and Mercenaries Two kind of ended up being not that great. And this game, the only bad thing I would say about it is that it doesn't have co-op. But other than that, it's like it's such like a game that would be perfect for it. But it seems to me like it'll be like this year's Red Faction, like a game that's totally fun and no one really thought that much of. Yeah, I, I sat there over Clint's shoulder for quite a bit, and I want to play the game. For looks, sure. It looks awesome. It looks like just a bunch of fun nonsense, which is good. And it exactly. runs. And it runs, which was a big problem with the first one. Is that, you know. It had the first, bugs. Did the first bugs. one have, like, a lot of technical issues? It had or some, I didn't really it had play it bugs. that much. It had a lot of screen tearing. when so you go really fast in Just Cause. And, and it would just go, like, screen tearing up everywhere. It had a lot of clipping issues. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, I, I looked at it and I was, yeah, uh, grappling, hooking off of buildings and then somehow going straight up in the air with a parachute after doing that. You can surf then, a jet 
into a building while firing Uzis. So basically, yeah. That's why I play video games. So it's realistic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's totally realistic. <laughs> ask, we can ask uh, you know, Eric how realistic the astrophysics in it are. Since I just found your ass, I, I'm not going to be able to get over that. By the way, <laughs> I just, I just feel like, I just feel like, like, why aren't you in Starfleet? Right? It doesn't even exist. But why aren't you starting Starfleet? <laughs> Fuck, start Starfleet. This is the alternate universe. In one universe, Eric did start Starfleet and colonized everything, and then this is the crappy universe where Eric just kind of sat around. That's why, we, that's, why, that's why we have Eric, Eric reviewing uh, Mass Effect games. Yeah, I can tell you exactly how realistic they are. Not at all. <laughs> what are you talking about? God. That suit is too thin. Those joints would puncture. 0.0. <laughs> this game is a zero. That's right, Ray Mazuka. I don't think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> oh, man. You backed down so quickly from that. What <laughs> Based on no information. So um, what do we, what do we did got? We, did we talk about Final Fantasy yet? Because I know at least Dave and I, we've been playing No, that. we haven't. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I've been playing some Final Fantasy. Yeah, I've, been, so... I've actually been playing it on PS3, so... Yeah, yeah. Charles is Wolf. actually in the game. I'm, like, still a couple hours in, but I'm playing it kind of like a television show because the game's kind of like a television show. Well, yeah, I mean, so they basically, like, switched everything up in that game. And actually, I read an article that came out... Uh, yes, I read an article. Ooh, read. Very fancy. Um, that came out uh, during GDC that was talking about... Um, how the scope of the game had to be limited because of all the tech they were working on and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, just because, I don't know, it, I mean, the game is incredibly pretty. I mean, it looks it looks amazing. The graphics are, are really... The uh, graphics. The graphics. Uh, they're really good. Um, so, like, building all that stuff took a lot of time, and they didn't have, I guess, the resources, or it just would have taken forever to get the game out if they'd made, like, a what everyone expects to be, like, a standard Final Fantasy experience, mm. which is, you know... Having towns and Massive vendors towns sitting and around, giant and, world maps, yeah, and lots large spaces to explore, and like all sorts of crazy secrets and stuff like that for the hardcore people who want to like you know drill into the experience and find all the ultimate weapons and power them up and blah 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 or mm. whatever. So, Final Fantasy player, yes. So basically, <laughs> so the exact target been, demographic people who have been playing the game for a while. But yeah, I mean, it, it seems like yeah. you know the direction they chose to go with this is more. I don't know. It seems like. Well, do you remember? Uh, Last Remnant was supposed to be, or was marketed as at least like the the RPG for the for the American audience for the world, yeah. the RPG for the world, and it was like so ridiculously like confused and yeah, yeah. They just didn't explain really how the battle system worked, and it was. I mean, it was it could be fun, but it was just like not transparent enough to actually be entertaining. Yeah. Um, but that that's what it seems like Final Fantasy thirteen was was built for is to just appeal to basically everyone because I mean you can't get lost but it's, it's just but it is transparent it's completely you, I mean I don't know if you've yeah. seen a common thread going through this podcast or not but did, do you feel that all the the games are actually being dumbed down now all of us are hardcore gamers we've been playing forever and I've re- everyone on hardcore message wars gets so upset anytime they hear about features being stripped out of a game it's dumbed down for the casual audience what is your take on that Mister Onyet? <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> Mr. Canada, right now. <laughs> Mr. Canada Bone Dry. I, I think, like the larger, um, like the larger franchises are definitely going through that. I mean, I think pe- things that people are putting a lot of money into. It seems like you know, if they want their risk to to pay off, or they want to minimize risk and they want to you know maximize the amount of sales, so they want people to be able to understand how to play their games. Mm-hmm. I mean, to some extent, I even like like us. I think we can appreciate that. Like, uh. I've been playing through Chaos Theory, Splinter Cell, for the first time recently uh, for the other podcast, me and Arthur do, but uh, and, and in that, I'm like, what the fuck? There's no checkpoints in that game. 
like just things like that, right? Like, and there are people that probably bitched about the fact that all of a sudden, oh, you wanted to save for you, and there's no tutorial in it, right? And I was like, what? I have to read the instruction booklet. It's like all these things that people used to bitch about that too. Like, what? You need the thing to like hold your hand through the first level, and actually, it's like, yeah, I kind of do these days. I I, I expect that, and it is nice to have that to teach me how to play rather than to have to pull out an instruction booklet or read or have to actually like. I mean, I basically I want the game to teach me and. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like games are not changing at all because I'm also getting dumber as I get older. So <laughs> really, they just seem exactly the same to me as they did when I first played them. You know, I'm lazier and stupider, so I don't really want to learn stuff. I just want to play the game. I played Infinite Space uh, the other day, and like, I don't know what the hell's going on in that game. I don't know who they thought this game was supposed to be for because, you know, typical DS player... He's like, what, a 12-year-old? No, the typical DS player is like, why isn't my DS in 3D? And then today, they're just like, oh my god, they finally listened to me. Finally, <laughs> But that game, you know, there's the intro and everything, and then they take you to a ship shop, and you have to... A ship shop. They, you have to buy your ship, right? And then there's just little things you have to attach to it, and there's a million options. And I was like, uh, I don't know, just attach some lasers. And then I went out and fought and died. And died. And, and I had to start back 20 minutes. And I was like... And I said autosave, but it wasn't. It was fake <laughs> autosaving or something to some not like not storyline, and I just was so baffled. I don't know if I ever would have wanted to do that. I, probably some point in my life, but I feel like this point in my life, no, I don't. I feel like Dave's having one of those like crisis, crises, like we see, it, <laughs> like we see in the commercial with like the handheld sewing machine when it does like the person in black and white first. That's like practically stitching their hand. <laughs> Has so this like, ever happened to yeah, you? Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, it's like Dave's just like, tries to cut tomato and slices his hand off. I played, I played games for years, and I'm just sitting there with my DS, like, oh, no, I don't understand. How could I not understand? Just like, reduced reduce to tears in front of your DS. <laughs> It'll be a nice day once the video game market grows enough that you can have. It's already starting to happen. You can't have the hardcore games like, you know, Demon Souls. You can't have the hardcore games like even Resident Fate is a hardcore game. And then you can have, you know, the the next tier one like Final Fantasy, slightly less hardcore. And then you can even have slightly less hardcore than that where you get into like Mass Effect and then, you know, keep going down the line just, so that people yeah, can uh, people can find something. Yeah, and it even happened in Mass Effect. Like what what little customization there was in mm. the first game was even taken out until it's basically a, th- a third person like action game. For the most, like Movie. in the in the combat, sequences. in terms of combat, yeah, yeah, just for I, the combat. I stuff. sometimes wonder how much of that has to do with like a budget or something, you know? Because uh, as a game like Mass Effect that has mil- tens of millions of dollars pumped into it, you know, they need to get a a pretty hefty return on that. So it's like, yeah, they dumb it down to reach more hands. Whereas like I think more of the really hardcore games we'll see will come from like the indie scene or something like that, right? Like Super Meat Boy, which is coming on Xbox Live. It's like a cheap game, but that is like. That is, like, mm. the brutal hardcore game. That yeah, you that could, game is really difficult. You know, I just think that... And, like, a lot of the, the hardest core PC games are, like, these budget PC games, you know, where they they don't look the best, but they are what these hardcore players would want, but they also don't have this huge investment that right. they have to make a return on. Now, like Jay-Z said, you dumb it down to double your dollars, so... That's true. See, I can't but, argue with that at all. <laughs> no, I can't. See, I, I feel like it should, it should go the same way... Um, Actually, had an advisor in college who told me this. A good lecture you series. You had an advisor in college. A good, you went to college. A good lecture series <laughs> should the first class you go to should be so simple that a third grader can understand it. And by the end of the class, you should feel like an expert and you should know something and you should feel like you can do something that nobody else can. And it's a matter of getting from that, you know, third grade standpoint to you know, total expert. That is the exact learning curve you should have. And I feel like that should apply to games too. So you should be able to start off right. and make some sense. You know, like Demon's Souls didn't make any sense when you first well, started it. Well, it's fine to get to the hardcore point, 
But you've got to make sense at the beginning. You've got to give me something so that I don't feel like you just threw but, me off a cliff. Yeah, you know? Demon Souls was interesting because I think the reception to that uh, had a lot to do with with exactly what you mentioned, like the how everything was sort of being uh, I don't know watered down or, or simplified or just made right. more comprehensible, and then that was like made for com- babies. So the opposite exactly. direction, completely in the opposite direction, right. was like totally old school, like trial and error gameplay that you know basically punches you in the face if you uh, make the smallest mistake. It's basically kids on the schoolyard eating warheads. You know, yeah. oh I ate five. Oh that's awesome. No, it's not. Because no, you not know, awesome you know the lemon stupid. sour. <laughs> yeah. You know the lemon sour warheads are way sour yeah. than anything else. That's true. Yeah, that's betting, betting each other to jump off a tree branch or something. I did it, and I only broke my foot. You're an idiot, you know? <laughs> but, uh, you know, you dare each other to do something So are you saying that people like Demon Souls are idiots? Exactly. <laughs> no. I, this has been a long-running theme. <laughs> but, it, but it's interesting. Go, this also was a theme at GDC. Uh, Peter Molyneux, he'd been spouting this stat for a long time. That I believe it's pronounced Molly Nucks. Molly Nucks. It's pronounced yeah. Mazaika. Yeah, <laughs> Peter Nyuk 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 went up there, and he was talking about how they did uh, studies from Fable Two, and there was so much in that game. And most people, if you ask about that game, will say, "Oh, that game was short. I beat it in six hours. That game sucked." When the reality of it is, you just they just followed that breadcrumb trail, and which leads you right to the end of the game, and you're done. Yeah, I played that but game. But if you go off the beaten path, there's so much to that game. And when they did the research, they the stat he was saying was that over fifty percent of the people. Uh, knew or understood less than 50% of the features in the game. And so now they're just stripping them all out for Fable 3 because they're like, well, we just wasted all our money on that. Nobody even understands anything that we did. Nobody even cared. Which stunk for me, which stinks for me, because I'm the guy who played Fable 2 to 100% it. Yeah. Because I just kept playing it for some reason. And I was like, oh, man, look, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. But now, like the Demon Souls fans, now I'm one of them in this example, you know, well, they just ruined my gameplay experience. So I have to go find an RPG that is made like that. Right. So I'll go play Demon Souls. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it all comes full circle and then i have to play demon souls just to stay normal but yeah i mean going back to like final fantasy it's just basically you run straight forward and all of the enemies are like set out for you yeah. to let you progress properly so as long as you're fighting them regularly like you can power up your characters so that you're more than adequately prepared for the challenges yeah, like there's no backtracking no there's, grind there's there's no grind but the, um it you know so it, it's basically like it's just handing you challenges the whole time so it is like playing and, and eventually you do get to the open world but yeah so i'm right before that point but so that's hours it's and like 30 hours isn't it i'm about 25 hours into the game <laughs> and i'm like when does this game open up and it's like oh chapter 11 okay well but i I'll, you know i'm only there. a couple hours in and i haven't even looked at any other button except for a i just hit a that's it that's all you have to do and i'm not joking that's and you just hit a and then there's some cutscenes. you hit a and there's some more cutscenes. you hold forward and you hit a well yeah the the battles like themselves come down to because like you do a, a paradigm shift and it like switches the roles of your characters. And... But, but even that, it's hours in. I have a friend who likes to play these games. Like the way you're describing it sounds perfect for him because when he knows there's a game that uh, he can play with just like one button and a directional pad, he gets out a DDR pad and he sits at his computer and plays a real like a, a, a game that he wants to play and then just holds and taps forward and a, <laughs> the whole time on his DDR pads. <laughs> so that now this sounds, this sounds like the game for him. And then he comes back and he's like leveled up. As long as you can uh, paradigm shift on a DDR pad, it should be. Because <laughs> the game actually does that. Well, the game lets you you can you hit the auto battle option, which which I think is great at least for playing because it queues uh, up commands automatically and it's pretty smart about what it should 
be sort oh. of assigning so that you can keep everyone alive or, you know, okay. assign buffs or debuffs yeah. or whatever. I actually can't even make fun of that because I did the Lunar Review and I played it on PSP while I was playing Final Fantasy XIII and I kept mixing <laughs> up the X and A buttons and I'd be like, attack, man, what the hell? Oh, yeah, wrong control. <laughs> <laughs> and I just sat there like this because one was turn-based and one was auto-battle. I'm just like, dee, 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 two RPGs at once. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what, what what's a little strange about uh, 13 so far is they seem to have not really paid attention to, like, the money and upgrading systems. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, you can upgrade weapons with stuff you get drops off of enemies, but you don't really get money in the game. You have to sell stuff that you get, and you don't get the stuff that sells for, like, a lot of money until you're basically in, like, the late game. Mm-hmm. And, the like, the only reason to upgrade weapons is... I mean, it's it's best done with more powerful weapons, so there's really no point in upgrading the early level ones. So, like, those systems don't even really come into play until you're, like, way in the second half of the game. So, it's just, it's it's odd that all of that stuff has just been completely stripped out of the start. And I guess it's just to hook in, like, the players who are, like, normally in, or really intimidated by that sort of thing, and just to be, like, okay, like, a lot of, like, rein- positive reinforcement there. Like, hey, you're doing great, like, you totally know what you're doing, you're an awesome player. And then, you know, I guess at the point where you would get to 11 and everything opens up, you'd feel like you were, like Eric, you were saying, like you were smart and that you were a master or something like you that. You can totally hit the A button. I, I have <laughs> heard that the uh, the dialogue and character progression is uh, akin to as if it had been written by a uh, Sesame Street writer. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I've played the game for 25 well, hours. and I'm not s- degrade Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, back off of Sesame Street. Um I'm still not really sure how the game world works, and I, I don't really know what the message is quite yet. Like, I, it sort of seems like they're going for, like, some sort of comment on, like, race relations or something, but I can't really be sure, <laughs> just because, like... Oh, really? Well, I think so. I don't know. It's, <laughs> is it or is it not true that there is a there is a black man with a bird that comes out of his afro? That is true. Yeah, okay. but he's, he's a very... He's actually a pretty well-rounded character so far in my game, anyways. He's actually... I, I like him yeah. pretty much But he has a most. bird that lives in his hair. He does have a bird that lives in his hair. Yeah. Mm. A, it's a chocobo. Oh, it's a chocobo? <laughs> yeah, it's a baby chocobo. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Well, I... Spoilers. I won't say anything, but... No, I, and but it's not even that. Like the the way people like turn into Elsies and they get touched by like god creatures that are falsies or something. What? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah, no, don't think that makes any sense to Charles either, because you play the game and that's just it's just how it is, man. It's, they never really make the rules Wacky clear, stuff. at least yeah. at where I am. I mean, it Me? may change afterwards, but if you're 25 hours into an experience and you're still like, I'm not really sure what this is trying to say at this point, <laughs> then it's a, sort of like the GDC storytelling thing. Think like the only thing I went to at GDC, right? And it was so good because it was just a guy from Pixar talking about what makes a good story. And I just kept apply- – I just can't stop applying it to games now. And I'm sitting there thinking about Final Fantasy and I'm like, you know, the first thing is to have a solid core idea. And, you know, back to the future, travel back in time to save your family. You know, every movie has one that you can describe in a sentence and it's good. Every good movie. Every good movie, right. Yeah, no, every, not every movie. Every good movie. Event and, Horizon. Event Horizon, uh, yeah. Well, let's just go through. <laughs> Devil's Advocate. <laughs> 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 <You know that. laughs> uh, <laughs> Devil's Advocate. Kevin. <laughs> she's ovulating. Oh, Devil's Advocate. Where does he sleep? <laughs> Who says he sleeps? Where does he fuck? Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Best movie ever. It's an, it's an incredible comedy. I don't know about a, I don't know about a, a horror drama, but it's an amazing comedy. Let me comedy. tell you about Eddie Barzin. <laughs> I don't remember my point. Oh, my ovaries, Kevin. 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 Kevin, my ovaries.
course. Uh, I'm, gl- I'm glad that this is where the conversation went because when it was talking about LZs and falsies, I could sh- see that me and Eric shared a moment where we both realized we, just we went, will not get laid for yeah, a year. No, no, no. I, I, <laughs> like I, it was a spell being cast on us. I, I, got, I got too nerdy at that point. Charles paradigm shifted on us. I, 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 yeah, I paradigm, paradigm shifted your mom. In, into stupid. <laughs> But oh. but I can't get the core idea of Final Fantasy yet, and I'm wondering if maybe you have gotten one, because it doesn't sound like you have. No, I'm still not quite sure what the game's about. Yeah, it's hmm. it's tough. You know, it's hmm. a lot easier when games have uh, something you can latch onto. They don't make sense. it, like, really obvious, like, Evil Corporation X is draining the emotion oh, well, from mean, the world. Or it, it's like, you know, government. <laughs> that was actually a, 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 a fake game. <laughs> that I that I helped create back in the day at my old job, okay. where we did this like on the street interview with people outside of GameStop, and we told them about our games, and we wanted to know what they thought. And this one was called Tenderondo, and it was about <laughs> it was about a world where where there was an evil corporation draining the emotions of the world, but you were the last guy who had his emotions still, and you had to fight back against them. It's a JRPG, and so each of the corresponding Xbox buttons corresponded with an emotion. So it was like blue was like fear and red was anger and people were really into it and they liked the idea of getting a headband with it when they when they pre-ordered oh nice (laughs) (laughs) sorry everybody likes headbands i got a headband sweet i'm sorry i totally derailed your thought and that was not nice anyway we've talked talked about final fantasy enough let's move on to something else many thoughts uh let's move on yeah what was i going to talk about Uh, i don't know should we go to some reader mail let's go some let's do some reader mail um so the uh, Marcello Ferreira saga continues. Oh no! Um, Who's Marcello Ferreira? Mm. I know what I was going to say. All right, Canada bone dry. I was going to quote Event Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Have you ever seen fire in zero g? <laughs> It how comes you, at you in waves. How do you remember any quotes from that? Event uh, Horizon, greatest movie ever made. Yeah, seriously. It's beautiful. <laughs> okay. I'm coming back, baby! Oh, wait. oh, man, that part was so stupid. Yeah, that movie closes. destroyed my childhood, though. It was like Dr. Grant from Jurassic Park is an evil person, and I was just not okay with this. That's the thing. I never told anyone that story. <laughs> the ship. It knows. <laughs> anyway, uh, this guy's been writing in for a while. I don't think Poor you guys Sam have been Neal. part of it. Uh, think, he know. says, I'd seriously like to thank you for reading the last email I sent in. It meant something to me. Still, I felt that it was necessary to write considering that you misunderstood what I said and what kind of person I am. So I will say it much simpler. All caps. What <laughs> games have made you think or taught you something meaningful? Give examples, please, and thanks. Is this a, is this a demand? That's, that's a question. Not, that's not a question. Well, the Give what examples? games have made you think or taught you something meaningful? Sounds like a test question. Yeah, it does kind of. Provide four examples. No. <laughs> Please use a number two pencil. <laughs> I was going to quote Event Horizon. He also would like to say he disagrees with Hillary and Flower it is a great game. It's a great something. Why would Hillary say it was not a great game? He said it wasn't a game. Okay. Oh, it wasn't yeah. a game at all. Yeah. He was saying people were calling it art because uh, it's not a game because you don't really do anything. Mm. And Hillary had a whole big rant about how who cares if games are art. He just wants to play them and have fun. Okay. And, and does anybody have an answer for that guy's question? Have you ever learned anything by a game? From a game? I hope the answer's no because no game out there I've uh, ever played is like deep enough to really. I learned when I played uh, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego. Oh. I yeah, learned how to true. use an atlas. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I did learn that's a good point. Uh, a bunch a good of game. new I, I learned how to use an atlas, which of course Google Maps has made completely worthless. So thank you. Carmen San Diego for teaching me a useless skill. Mm-hmm. I now have it forever. I learned when I had to enter the code to play Leisure Suit Larry a bunch of random facts that were uh, outside of my age range. 
because they'd quiz you. Uh, you could actually use the Carmen Sandiego book to get into Leisure Suit, Larry, for some <laughs> select questions. Um, I learned a lot about presidents and stuff. I learned how to type faster while playing Typing for the Dead. Mavis Beacon. Of the Dead, and Mavis Beacon teaches typing. Yeah, that was a good game. I didn't play that one. That was a good one. Uh, word Monsters, come on. Who's with me? I learned how to install shareware with Doom. I don't know. I didn't really. The game didn't teach me that so much as. Uh, yeah, I learned a lot about yeah. computers with games that didn't work. I learned all about drivers when Return to Yeah, actually, the thing that games have taught me the most is about how to upgrade a PC. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we didn't answer his question very well, even though he wrote no. it all in caps. No. no. <laughs> I mean, I haven't really learned any life lessons while while playing games, I don't think. I mean, I've I've experienced good stories and, and things like that, but um, not. Uh, I don't think that really compares to like stories in, in good books. And or have they like made that. you at least think of something meaningful? No. That's the other part. No, definitely not. I thought Bioshock 2 was actually pretty cool, to, to pick a recent example. Um I thought it's uh, it, the way its its story was it's ma- was made and the way its sort of gameplay was was structured around what its story was trying to say was really cool. Um, although I don't want to I I don't want to say too much because I'll spoil everything. Uh, at this point, Bioshock, whatever. Yeah, but why play Bioshock? I mean, that's like eight hours long. You could just go read Atlas Shrugged, which is five thousand pages long. Oh, for the, right? orig- for the original. Yeah, I thought. I mean, the original <laughs> was really cool too. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if I could stomach going through. Uh, Rand again, uh, little uh, little too preachy in my opinion. I don't know. IMO. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Ishmael Johnson has two quick questions. Hey guys, somewhat of a new listener. Love the podcast and the recent trip to, into explicit territory. Whoa. Two questions. First, any chance we will get the pleasure of viewing Three Red Lights as a video podcast, maybe once every blue moon or so? In 3D. Second, do you guys <laughs> have any favorite sports teams besides Charles and his Cavaliers? In 3D. Yeah, we're going 3D. That would be awesome. Uh, Cleveland Browns, although they're terrible. I'm also a Browns fan, actually. Uh, my family's from Ohio, so that's weird. What do you got, Eric? For sports teams, uh, I used to be a Raiders fan and an A's fan. I'm big on Oakland, but uh, the Raiders have sucked for a long time, and I'm just, I can't stand baseball anymore. They're all just, you know, coked up steroid addicts. Oh, and uh, Hartford and the Whale. Oh, that, yeah, that I was a Whalers count. fan way back in the day. I don't know if defunct teams really count. They as... still count. And uh, UConn, UConn basketball. Yeah, even though this year was a total. Whatever, the women have like a, what, 80 million game winning streak? Lady Huskies, yeah. <laughs> uh, I should mention that. <laughs> Gino Ariano will come in here and bitch slap you. Yeah, Rebecca Lobo, all-time great. <laughs> um, should mention something. Oh, yeah, yeah, This year, E3 coincides with the World Cup. That's what I wanted to bring up. Oh, Yes. Are you guys soccer watchers? Oh yes, yes. really? Yeah. yeah, I just I I'm I would love to watch soccer with someone who could explain to me the nuances of what's going on because when I watch it, I'm like, mm. well, mostly if two people are close together on a field, one of them will start flailing their arms around and then fall over and act and, like they're injured and grasp their leg and be like, <laughs> oh god, it hurts so much. And then when the ref doesn't card the person because he clearly took a dive, he'll just get up and continue sprinting around the field for thirty minutes. Right. They'll so have gelled mohawks. Yeah, <laughs> they all have sweet, sweet mullets. I'm sorry. Even well, sweet. Well. I think they even have even sweeter hair than hockey players. Okay. Well, all right. <laughs> I don't know. If... Wait, uh, Charles, can you, who's up again for me? I forgot his name. Who was the Wizard of Oz who showed up as the uh, pregame commentary hey, what? for for the uh, U.S.-Canada game? Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah, the guy who gave it with the big curly mustache and the red velvet jacket. He gave oh, the... no, no, no. He didn't have it. Uh, well, it was Don Cherry was... 
yeah. is the guy. He is a staple of Canadian culture. <laughs> the man Canada is, has culture? The, <laughs> the man is on Bam! every week during got, the hockey season, Hockey Night in Canada. I just want you to know, I got a bunch, Opposite Ron McLean. I just want you to know, I got a bunch of Facebook flames about chanting USA from like Canadian Facebook. Oh, yeah, we, we got mess, a lot of you don't mess with Don Cherry. That's all I'm saying. He came down in a hot air balloon and he was like, <laughs> I will give you back your heart. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be a slight exaggeration. My favorite part about the the Winter Olympics in Canada was that when they had like the opening ceremonies, they brought in all like oh, the Don Canadian celebra- celebrities. Yeah. And they were all, it was like Bobby Orr. They were all just hockey players, and yeah, like it's just the Canadian hockey team. Yeah, and 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 Donald Sutherland. And Donald Sutherland <laughs> yeah. It's the Canadian hockey team and Donald Sutherland, uh, who may have been on the Canadian hockey team at one point. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, Don Cherry used to coach uh, the Bruins, um, and he is—he's a personality. And I can't now, say I can't say I agree with everything he says because he. The last time I haven't watched him for years, but the the last time I was I was like watching Hockey Night in Canada a lot. Um, you know, he would refuse to pronounce people's names who weren't from Canada properly, mm-hmm. and various other things that are sort of like. Eh, he it was used to be a coach so is he like he's like nationalist and like to the hardcore like he hates people that aren't from Canada. Yeah, yeah, he's very slanted towards uh, Canadian hockey players. I would say mm, yeah. he he mm. supports can- Canadian hockey and and doesn't. As strongly support other things. He used to be a coach. Unless that's strange. Now but he's I... a sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> also, he wears wizard's robes and, and has an attack dog. I think. At the, least. the American announcers were actually laughing audibly on no. mic after they were like, "What is this Canadian Halloween?" Yeah, it was like it was like Bob. They went back to like Bob Costas and he was like snickering or something. Bob was Costas like, was is that? awesome. All right, moving on. Nate Heverly says, do you guys think COD is hurting multiplayer gaming? The reasons I'm asking is because I just finished Bioshock 2 and decided to jump into into multiplayer, and I had trouble finding matches in a game that is less than six months old. I have a hard time finding another reason other than most people just play Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 and don't give other games with multiplayer a chance. I got distracted during that question. <laughs> By a picture of Tommy Tellerico on the wall? As a power profile. Um <laughs> Number thirty-eight. What kind of what countdown was that? The top, or is that the, the page? That's the top thirty-eight power <laughs> profiles. Oh, he's number th- thirty-seven through one as well. <laughs> oh, that's an impressive showing. <laughs> it's a slow month for that magazine. <laughs> thirty-eight pages of Tommy Tallarico. He's like a flipbook. He kind of like slowly blinks. Blinks. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, did we ever get? Did we ever get issue two of Game Sauce? No. They oh, just, I just found that when I was packing up my desk, I found the issue of Game Sauce. Yeah, they, so I they have never to sent us that. another issue of Game <laughs> Sauce. Oh, that's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> they took us right off that mailing list. There were like thirty-eight issues sent to this office, and then zero. Oh man. Oh man. That's never coming out again. What was the question? So, is Call of Duty ruining multiplayer gaming by being too popular so that other games are not having That's any kind of a crazy standpoint. To that, take, yeah, it? I don't know about that. I mean, I've been playing Battlefield uh, Bad Company 2 online, and I mean, that game seems to have a very healthy online community. You know what and say, it's a shooter, and it's a modern-day you know, military shooter, blah, 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 whatever. I, I would say... It's a lot of fun. Without Call of Duty, if you take out Call of Duty and Halo and you know Battlefield, there are very few games that have ever really sustained any sort of online community you're talking about on consoles on on 360 or on xbox one even okay like very few games had a sustainable community Halo especially was... a game like bioshock where people aren't buying it for the multiplayer right yeah. Yeah. oh like bioshock 2 yeah. yeah yeah they're buying it i mean that's the game he was saying he was yeah. trying to find a oh, game okay. for and he couldn't and it's like but well, even games that are made yeah. for multiplayer 
they very very few get that critical mass that actually yeah. can push it into being able to find a game all the time. For this guy's question, you'd have, you'd be like, well, if they didn't buy Call of Duty, then they'd play Bioshock. I don't think that's true. No, they'd play Halo. They'd probably. play Halo. So or yeah. Battlefield. Yeah. So no. Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's... I think Call of Duty is actually helping it because you know you're bringing in a lot of people who had never right, played, never played a first-person shooter before, never yeah. played on Xbox Live. Because I mean, there are people who are just like, "What's this Call of Duty? All my friends are playing it. I guess I got to go play it." Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I definitely know people who are hesitant to even click on like the multiplayer tab in a game. It's yeah, like, exactly. oh well, you know, I don't want to go online or anything like that. And I, you it's... know, games like that can definitely get people more comfortable with the idea of being like, "Hey, I'm gonna go, you know, play, have an experience with strangers, basically." Yeah. Like, because I mean, it is like, I mean, I've been doing it all for you know since I started playing games essentially since i could access multiplayer games but like for a lot of people that has to feel really awkward to just jump into a room and be like hey people i don't know uh let's they're wearing a headset talking like yeah let's do stuff together there's no one in the room but i'm talking into a headset and i'm assuming this is normal i want to look like a moron while i talk to people who are horrible (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a tough leap to make but games that lead you into it will it's like crack. Like I didn't play any multiplayer. I it's exactly hate... like crack. It's exactly like crack. <laughs> and you have to let smoke. Charles <laughs> tell you about his time on crack. Oh wait, <laughs> it started near this highway with some Clamato <laughs> and Bud Light. <laughs> I really don't want to tell that story. <laughs> so I was walking down the highway with a glass of Clamato. Did you ever see the movie Lost Highway? It was sort of like that. But uh, I didn't start uh, online multiplayer till Pandora tomorrow. And I, because I hated playing with other people, especially people I didn't know. I was, I played Mech Assault once, and somebody was blasting Ludacris and just swearing at me. And I was like, I was like, <laughs> was, why would anyone the, do this? This is the stupidest thing ever. Mech Assault was absolutely awful, partly because when Xbox Live first launched, they had those stupid filters that you could put on your voice. Yeah. And so, of course, I put the little cartoon like voice on. Yeah. And when I played Mech Assault, which, by the way, first of all, that was just a bad game. <laughs> it was just a bad multiplayer game. It was so in, it was so horribly unbalanced. You know, like, there was one mech you could be that when you beat the game, it unlocked him, and it would destroy everything else. Yeah. If you were anything else, you lost, no yeah. matter what. But there was also a little tiny one. And I would go hop online as the tiny one and just sit there going, wee, yeah. and then explode. And everybody on my team would just yell at yeah, me. There are options in that game. It was like, would you like to win or would you like to suck? And you'd be like, oh, I want to suck. I want to suck, yeah. and I want to sound like an idiot while I do it. Yeah, and then there's just racist remarks all over the place. And I was like, why would anyone ever do this? This is the stupidest idea ever conceived. And then it, did, it, it took a while until I found a game that was actually fun. What, what, what was the first game you like on console you were like, this is it? That was Pandora. Yeah, Pandora okay. Tomorrow. Where because it was so constrained, because it was... Two player co op. Two player co ops. Or two v two. Yeah, and and so it 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 constrained things so much that I could actually enjoy myself and until then, everyone figured out how to glitch that game. Yeah, until then that game was a piece of crap. But then, <laughs> <laughs> so so incredibly broken. But then I would try other games. You know, I would just jump in, which I would never have done before Pandora. <clears throat> yeah, see, I actually like the kind of random stuff, and I I mean, I guess that. Um, this was more on PC, but playing like Counter Strike, and then people would come in and just start playing music files like on your team. So you just mm-hmm. hear like stupid little techno beats as you were playing. But then you could like make different requests and be like, "Hey, dude, you got to start playing something else." And then they do. Yeah. And it made no sense, but it was totally awesome. Oh, there's a Clementa Clementa bomb coming in here. Oh, we got a note. Oh, he's passing a note to me. Uh, okay, we've got a note going to Dave right now. It's very serious business. Oh man. All right. I just want to say Clements. Y'all fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Your swagger's at an all-time high right now. Is it an important note? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. What? 
He's about to he's about to publish something. He wants me to look at it. Oh, I don't know why. I assume it's his uh, just cause two. Yeah, review. just cause two review. By oh, the time this goes up, that will already be live. Oh yeah. Uh, we're we're recording from the past right now. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's find a couple more emails and then call it a day. Um, Sam Stone wants to know. Who do you think Microsoft could use to respond to the Kevin Butler PS3 ads? Please don't say Major Nelson. He sounds like he auditioned for, but didn't get the announcer role for Madden 08. Major Nelson? The guy, the Kevin Butler ads, where he's all like... um, Where he's the VP in charge of something or other. I actually like those ads. I think they're really good. Yeah, Yeah, they are. Yeah, I don't like the latest one. It went too far. He just kind of comes off as a dick. Wait, does, Which one? Well, I mean, does Microsoft really need to respond to those? Like, Microsoft does need some good ads. Yeah, they do. Jump in is not cutting it. It's weak sauce. Microsoft's ads have – their ads – actually, their marketing strategy has always been go to third parties, say, hey, we'll pay for your ads, and then at the end, you put our logo. And yeah. they go, okay. And so that that's what they do on a lot of third-party games. It'll say it's a 360 game. Like, well, 360 – I don't know. I guess that works pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> they could do more ads with like people like sitting outside in cities, and then there's like a couch for no reason, and like a setup, <laughs> they and then dance people and pop their music together. Yeah, and then they like get on the couch, and everyone's like, "Yeah, we're playing video games on a on a highway for some reason." Or... Toothbrush, you came back to me. Let's go dance around to popular music together. <laughs> <laughs> making the state references. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there are there are ads don't make any sense. That's what it is. <sighs> but I mean, those seemed like they were trying to go after like more of a. Um, a, a broader audience, I guess. Whereas those those PlayStation ads seem more like focused on hardcore. Like I don't know how not how people who don't already know gaming would respond to those. See, everybody's lost because the Wii is the winner right now, right? By like a billion or so. I don't know. I might be off by a billion. A billion percent. A billion percent. And their ads sucked. Completely sucked. What are you talking about? They had that one Nintendo ad where it was like celebrities like playing Nintendo but like clearly the video game like wasn't the focus and yeah. it was just like the experience oh, they're even, they don't even look like they're edited they're b-roll it's just like i have a, a ds uh, they basically uh, and then it cuts out i don't like, they turn the ds into like a fashion item for i don't think yeah i was gonna say i don't think nintendo's had necessarily the best ads but they've always had like the best at first but some of their ads have always been really good like the ones that just like show the wii and make it seem like it's like way cooler than it really is like they've always done those videos way better than microsoft or sony has ever done yeah well microsoft had nothing they but don't I, have any. I can't think of a single good Microsoft. Like ad. you know the montage videos they showed at E3 presentation or something. Nintendo's are always like way better than anyone else's. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm thinking just specifically television ads because like you know what showing people that have no like concept of video games. You know, the I, I worry like... about Natal. I, I know there's going to be a big ad blitz for it, and I have a feeling they're going to hardcore target them for like the female gamer, yeah. and they're just going to totally flop at it because as okay. we've seen, Microsoft is really good at attracting the non-core gamer. With, in the past, they've just had so much success, right? Yeah, yeah, you're in the movies. <laughs> this right. They've just totally right. flopped. I mean, it's been a disaster. All right, you're in so the movies, sequel they need to show that just people the Minority Report style, like controlling the dashboard and stuff. Yeah, they should just show that. They should just lie is what they need to do. I like it. I like James' <laughs> ideas. <laughs> well, yeah, sorry. Uh, when everything let's, else fails, let's, just make shit up. Let's just go marketing on it right now. They need to straight up lie about Natal. No, whatever. Just, <laughs> they really should get Peter Mullen up there because that guy is an inspiring speaker. Yeah. I love listening to him. Even if half of what he says turns out to be a lie. Uh, that, that, there we exactly. go. Just get him up there, right David. Just get him up there man, talking perfect. about it all about how it's like real human love, and everyone will be like, "Oh man, this British guy knows what he's talking about." 
I think you need people He's got an accent. getting up and like screaming at their televisions <laughs> and like drop kicking with skateboards flying all over the place. They, and they explosions. Need, they need more skateboards. Yeah, definitely. Need to go hardcore. Well, well since the get some, get some Chewbacca tattoos in there. <laughs> <laughs> with Natal, you could augment reality to give yourself a Chewbacca tattoo. <laughs> yeah, you would, with Natal, <laughs> theoretically, you'd be able to test out how uh, tattoos look on you, right? Yeah. Oh, that's a, that is a great you, idea. The right camera there. would be on you, and you'd be able to move the tattoo around on there. I mean, they already have tattoo editors for tons of games. Yeah, you could get a tattoo. So you could it. actually see how this Chewbacca tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> totally naked and, and then you just, and then Eric would just get a message on Xbox Live regarding Chewbacca. <laughs> like, uh... um, I don't think I want to open this attachment. Oh man! Imagine, imagine if you are sitting there actually doing that, posing in front of your of your Natal system, totally naked, staring at the screen. Chewbacca's on the screen. There you go. There's and, the and somebody walks in. Yeah. What oh, do man. you do? What do you do in that situation? Turn that into an E3 presentation. Uh, well, chances are that. I'm in my home, so whatever. It's my house. I do what I want. There you go. What? You want to see how it would look on you? Strip down. Step in front of the camera. It's a party. Nah, man. I, I have a rule, man. I, I hardly ever wear my pants when I'm at home. It's like as soon as my pants come off, as soon as I get home, that is when I know the day is over. Yeah. No one will get me to do anything. You want to go out and do something? No. My pants are off. This pants is off. probably the E3 presentation. We probably just reenacted it. <laughs> it's going to be four guys sitting in a room. Imagine if you wanted a Chewbacca tattoo. When the pants come off, it's time for Natal. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the E3 press conference. Imagine you come home, your pants are off, obviously, <laughs> and you want to see what a Chewbacca tattoo looks with an enormous dong. <laughs> I wanna, just what if out. I want to augment reality and give myself a ginormous member? And, yeah. I, and with Natal, I could do that. This is true. the Natal advertising <laughs> campaign. I think we just sold like well, you know, you know, 10 I mean, to 20,000 Natal systems. Problem solved. I mean, there you go. Don't even need the next Xbox now. They got to they got to do product placement. We just gave them a 10-year plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would be a Kevin Butler replacement? Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo. Wow. <laughs> yes. Hercules a legendary journeys reference. Yeah. I like it. You're welcome again, Microsoft. That guy seems to me like he's from Canada. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Kevin Bacon would be a good one too. I got to feel like he has to be named Kevin. Yeah, Kevin Smith. Mm. Okay, well yeah. Kevin Smith in the Mallrats game. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. That's the worst quote. Also, that part, of, that part of the movie is like horrendous. Kevin from Devil's Advocate. Kevin the Bird from Up. That's a great Kevin. We by have the a way. Kevin in engineering here. He could be the spokesman. That's <laughs> Kevin from engineering at IGN. I am Kevin a giant bird who just runs around clucking for no reason. <laughs> All right, going back to uh, the art, Ian Anderson has a what he says is a great quote on art. Oscar Wilde once said, the artist is the creator of beautiful things. By that de definition, then any beautiful creation is art, and I think the term is broad enough to say, okay, your idea of art is your idea, and my idea is my idea. Wilde also said, diversity of opinion about a work of art shows that the work is new, complex, and vital. I think that describes video games at their best. Hmm. I don't know, but by that definition, then, you know, generic first-person shooter number 75 is art because some people actually enjoy it and most people think it's crap. And that's Sounds a diversity like, of opinion. These aren't, these aren't really, these aren't really so opinions. They're just declarations. Time shift? Yeah. Uh, sorry. Time shift. Time shift is art. I didn't mean to. But, yeah, I mean, isn't by that definition, doesn't anything that anyone disagrees on, doesn't that make it art? Yep. Anything uh, could be art at that point, really. Or, or maybe anything is art. These aren't. These aren't really, you know pointed statements. Oscar Wilde was just kind of... Telling people to go, blah, shut up. Blah, blah, blah. Shut up, shut up, shut up, stop, yeah. leave me alone. Yeah. 
right. Okay. And I mean, I will say I've learned plenty of things from games going back to an earlier question, but I just can't think of them right off the bat. Clearly didn't learn them very well. Well, I mean, I learned a lot about obsessively browsing message boards to try and get the best stats on a helmet possible. I learned how to pick a lock in a lot of games. When it vibrates, it's going gonna, it's gonna to open in a little bit. <laughs> or it's not. Or it's not, and your lockpick will break, and if yeah. you have more, you can try again. And then you can't get in. Or you auto-do it. You hit the X button and auto that doesn't really apply. I, I'll, I'll put it this way. I never got anything out of playing video games that I would put on a job resume. That, that resume would suck. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be a really bad resume. All right, this is going to be the last one. Um, Dan writes in, on a recent Nintendo podcast subheader, they claimed to have the worst podcast. Clearly, this is an obvious declaration of war. While most would agree with the product side of things, this trophy is held exclusively by three red lights. I bet they don't even talk about Lost. Oh, oh we didn't talk about Lost. Talk about Lost. Damn it. Oh, that's uh, on. Well, yeah, the way it happened now, that's on tonight. We got to go back. We got to go back. Yeah, I mean, last week's episode was pretty much just a setup episode. So. Yeah, Sawyer was awesome, though. That chick was hot. He was like, yeah. <laughs> that's all we need to say. Yeah, that's sort of what happened. Yeah. And then he was like, yeah. And then he drank a beer and he punched somebody, which is all I want to see Sawyer do. That's pretty much After all After Lost, did. they need a spinoff episode called Sawyer, where he drinks a beer, has sex with a beautiful woman, and punches somebody in the face. No, and, he, and, he, and at some point, he tries, he tries Not to Not even in that order, necessarily. Yeah, anyway. Whatever. He has to try or to maybe cover up a once. shady past. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And he's like, my past. And then he drinks a beer. <laughs> then drop or, kick, or spin has kick. sex with a beautiful woman. Or, yeah, that does tend then to happen. he's like, ah, my hair. <laughs> Direct quote, by the way. I think for this scene, we should take our shirts off. <laughs> no, that's oh, Matthew McConaughey. That's oh, Matthew. speaking of Matthew speaking McConaughey. Speaking of Lost and Matthew McConaughey, Eric and I watched The Ghosts of Girlfriends Past twice this weekend. What, what is that? It's probably <laughs> the worst movie two, of all two time. Questions. What is that, and what the hell's wrong with you? And why, and why twice? <laughs> all right, so you know a Christmas story. That's what's based on, right? Yeah. The. Uh, ghosts of okay, Christmas yeah. Past and blah blah blah. Is that called a Christmas story? But this is a real movie. Carol. Yes. Carol. A Christmas Carol. It's based on a Christmas Carol, but but it's uh, Matthew McConaughey is taken through past girlfriends, current ones, and future ones. Yeah. He's at his brother's wedding, and, and it, his his lifelong love is there. And it's it's, it's definitely definitely the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> we watched it twice. <laughs> It's so bad. How did you watch it? Was it on Netflix at least? Like it was on, I was on HBO. Yeah, it just kept playing. Okay, okay. So you didn't actively go out and get this movie. <laughs> no, no, no. There yeah. was an embarrassing moment where I was watching Ghost Girlfriends Pass, and Eric was like, wow, and left the room. Sometime later, he came back, and I was watching the same part over again. He was like, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. You're watching the movie you get. And I was like, oh. <laughs> you were supposed to see this. I was still trying to think of an excuse while I was watching it the first time. <laughs> Negating that excuse by watching it twice. And that's what crack will do to you. Yeah. yeah that movie sucks. It's got some amazing direction going on there. Like like it's got the move where he walks in. He amazing walks into, direction. He walks into a, a church Cinema and there's tiger. a wedding going on. Right? And – he walks in, and the, the voice over here is, oh, a wedding. This is my wedding. I could get behind this as he's walking in, right? And then the camera turns literally maybe two degrees and shows the groom as not him with him standing next to the groom. And as soon as the camera turns, he goes, oh, what? It's not my wedding? Yeah, first Dude, of all, that guy's been standing there the entire time. First of all, I was thinking this is a universe <laughs> that nobody's ever seen a Christmas Carol in, right? Because he doesn't get <laughs> – you, yeah, you you've, you've seen the Muppets version at least. <laughs> so yeah, final, in the Muppets version, Beaker gives someone the finger. This yeah. or Final yeah, Fantasy Thirteen with a better story. Oh, 
this is worse than any game I've ever oh, okay. played. Okay, all right. Yeah. Just saying. We, you know, it's. I feel bad about harping on some bad games now because Ghost of Girlfriends Past is a far worse. Is <laughs> a far worse anything. Piece of entertainment. Piece of anything, really. Mm. So basically, like, you're going to review it for it's Xbox. It's worse than murder. They should make a game based on it, though. Murder? Should be a, no, oh, no. Ghost of Girlfriends Past. Yeah, yeah, it should be a Natal game. Yeah, it'd be a Natal. That way they could have. The, there's a scene where he's opening up a <laughs> bottle of champagne. And uh, the cork flies off and knocks off one of the uh, struts holding up a piece of the wedding cake. And he's got to hold it up. So he's got to hold it up, yeah. and he's trying to reach, but he can't because it's about 30 feet away, but he's still trying to reach. There's one scene where he's... And, of he's, course, he's, the cake falls! He's holding uh, up the cake. He's holding up the cake. Spoilers. And he's like, he's like, oh, the stand that was holding up the cake, it's across the room. And he's like reaching for it. He's like, ah, I can almost... Yeah, he, he goes, oh, oh, like stretching for it, like... What? But isn't, isn't the movie, isn't the movie rule? Isn't the movie rule though? If you stretch hard enough, or you, you need to do it enough, you'll eventually reach it. Yeah. Like even if you need like dulcimer but, arms. But again, it's one of those cinematography things though, where they show the camera angle of him reaching. You're like, oh, maybe he can, and then they cut to the other one. He's 30 feet away. You're like, what asshole would really reach for that? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, uh, oh god. It's like the scene from uh, like uh, Austin like... Powers when he's screaming at the bolt or yeah, the bulldozer. Yeah. Or no. The... Yes. I think for this scene we should take our shirts off. <laughs> okay, so so we did answer the question. This is unquestionably the worst podcast I don't of all know. time. They, yeah. got, they got Bromley on that podcast, and I could see how that could easily be the worst podcast of all yeah, time. Yeah, well, when they're explicit and they talk about Chewbacca dongs, then they can, they can come back. I'll be surprised. <laughs> it takes talent, goddammit. I'll be surprised if the comments don't point out the fact that I made this podcast the worst. It, it was... It was uh, you know, the podcast that me and Arthur do at our house, like people, it was like the way it started, and then it, certain people left, and they're like, "All oh, this podcast is is dick jokes now." <laughs> and so I remember when I was on Game Scoop, they were like, "Oh, see, ten seconds in, someone makes a dick joke." There it was. And that's what I'm good for. Um, so I'm, I'm glad I could be of service. Yeah, that's pretty much all that happens on this podcast. I feel like somehow, I feel like somehow we failed if it doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah, there's a fine line though. Sometimes it sucks so bad we just delete it. Yeah, there's been a lot of episodes that have not made it on the air. Huh? This, this one I think is good. I think we'll. No, we'll, we'll I, go ahead I, I with this think one. it was good. Do we have any last comments before? This is the, the final moments of this from podcast. Bris, from, from, oh, right, from Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah. Charles, what's your, what, are your, what do you have to say? What are your closing comments? Uh, fuck this place. I'm glad we're gone. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, what do you got? Nah, I, I am ecstatic that we're moving. Hopefully, in the new office, uh, I'll, I'll be bringing a dog to work. That's my ultimate goal. Yeah, um, I'd just like to say that I know there was some drink thing on Game Scoop or whatever. I, I've never actually listened to a podcast in any form in my <laughs> life, except for Car Talk once. That was pretty good. Those guys are funny. Um, but it's uh, true. <laughs> but uh, if you there was some sort of drink, I don't know if this is the same thing that they do. If you actually make that clamato drink that I described, I want to see it. So uh, don't send it. Don't. I don't want to. Don't even. I don't want any interaction with this drink. I just want to like see a picture. Don't of it. actually make it though, because that just sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let, that clam, let that clam Asia sit up on your <laughs> top of your fridge for a week. Don't drink it. I didn't say drink it. Throw it out immediately. I would love to see that though, because it would be so gross. <laughs> All right. Oh, also, I was playing Street Fighter Four. That game's good. I forgot to talk. About Super that. Street Fighter Four. Yeah. Super, Super Street, Street Fighter Four. Yeah. So what's up with that guy with the oil? The Hakan is that his name? He's a he's a Turkish wrestler. Hmm. Gets a little oiled up. I mean, he, isn't that self-explanatory? He's clearly based on Will Ferrell from The Ladies' Man. Uh, isn't everyone? <laughs> Are you sure you wouldn't like some of this oil? I'm still going to enjoy this. <laughs> All right. Now we wrestle. Would you like some oil? Does he say that before I, your fight? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have Ladies' Man quotes in my head. <laughs>
except for Debut. <laughs> Charles, I would just like to point this out before we go. Okay, all right. Power profile. Power profile. 38 power profiles of Tommy 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 Okay. All right, we're done. <laughs> we'll, we'll be back at some point from downtown San Francisco. So urban. Goodbye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.